Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 336. I had to think about that for a second. There's so many. 336. Holy. It's February the 25th of, uh, yeah, February the 25th on uh, 2014. <laughs> wow. Reverse that, flip it, and good. You're ready How you to doing? Roll. This is Robbie. And I'm Hillary Rumble. Here to tell you some really exciting <laughs> things that are coming up in our newsroom. With the Mobile World Conference going on right now in Barcelona, there's a lot of news surrounding mobile devices and portable tech this week. Here's what's coming up in the newsroom. Firstly, Nokia is going Android, people. Mm-hmm. Facebook's WhatsApp will soon feature voice calling functions a la Skype. The Bitcoin exchange Mt. Gox CEO has stepped down. Hmm. Canadian ISP has been ordered by the courts to hand over personal info of customers who have downloaded movies illegally. And lastly, now you can store 128 gigabytes of data on a removable card smaller than your fingernail. Stick around because these stories are coming up later in our show. Thanks, Hill. Tonight, it's an epic battle to the death between webcams. We are going to be pitting Mm. the Microsoft LifeCam Studio against the Logitech C920 two 1080p webcams. Uh, Which one produces the best results? We're going to actually demo them right here live tonight. Also, we're giving away a free copy of Telestream Wirecast 5 Professional Edition. It's worth a thousand bucks. You cast your ballots. We're giving it away. Don't go anywhere. Also, I promised some lovely folks on Facebook that we're going to learn all about password recipes. So if you'd like to cook up a really good password, you want to stick around, we're going to be learning all about it tonight. So much time and so little to do. Wait a minute, flip that, reverse it. Thank you. Don't go anywhere, it's going to be an awesome show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. So excited about what's going on tonight. Hey, uh, don't forget, before we move on anywhere, get your mobile device out. <clears throat> you can scan this QR code and go over to m.cat5.tv. That's going to get you there. And uh, on our mobile website, you can watch the show live. You can listen live. You can watch on-demand video. Check out our photo gallery and so much more. Oh, yeah. m.cat5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can check that out at cat5.tv slash tpn. And we're also a member of the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. And you can check that out at cat5.tv slash iaib. Hello to our chat room. So great to see you, Old Salt. Maggie, PC Care Man. Uh, Dave Maydu also joining us tonight. Rob Mm -hmm. Gore, TikTok. I am Tech5. Just a a wonderful bunch of people joining us tonight. If you're not already in the chat room, get over there. You can go to category5.tv slash 
chat or just click on interact. You'll see the chat room there on our menu system. Speaking of our website, category5.tv, really cool new feature. We want you to comment on our videos. We want you to comment on all the pages that are on our, our massive website that's just chock full of information. On our homepage, we now have the top five commenters. So if you are, you know, if you're checking out the show, uh, all you have to do is get on over there. Category5.tv. If you're watching it live tonight, tomorrow morning, get on over there. Click on this episode, episode number 336, and uh, you can comment there. Cool. The more you comment, the more likely you are to be in the top five. The more you are in the top five, the more viewer points you get. The more viewer points you get, the more discounts you get in our shop. For example, the more chances you have at winning uh, when we have contests and things like that. So get on over to Category5.tv and make sure you post your comments on every episode as long as you've seen it. (laughs) This one's awesome. This is fantastic. Wicked awesome. (laughs) I like your hair, Robbie. Obviously fake. So. (laughs) Well, welcome back. Thank you. I You're looking am, a little darker than usual. A little bit more tan. A little bit. Back to the motherland. Side back by to side. The snow. I'm very pasty. Thanks Aww. for making me seem so pale. Mm, it's so, your winter skin, Robbie. It's okay. You've been doing the the annual kind of tour de la world. Yeah, a little bit. I just thinking, trying to whoop it up a bit while I'm young and just free. Just a little bit. There I am. How much fun? Okay, so last year you went to the Dominican Republic and I you did. did. Tree is this called tree top trekking? Yeah, is that what that is? It was insane. How cool is that? It was so cool and also frightening. Yeah, this is mom, my husband Curtis. You know, jumping, jumping off, off of the waterfalls. Rocks. And nice doing that. So that was pretty groovy. You guys oh, like there heights? I am again. Or? Do you know what? I'm not like a lover of heights, yeah. but um, I couldn't pass this opportunity up, so I had to like man up a bit and make myself do it. But <laughs> man up. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Rumble manned up, and there she goes. <laughs> it was wild. Oh, this is so sweet selfie. Hey, looks like so much fun. We, so we got to go together on this. Are you a bit line. of an adventurer? Or I just like think what draws you to. It's just a big world out there, and I want to see it. Like this was like jungle. There were animals everywhere, and you're wow. like above look this that, gorge, eh? and like look how lush that is. Like that is dense, dense jungle, people. So is this a business that they actually, they set this up? And well, an American actually came and yeah. set it up and did cool. that. So now we're looking at some under the sea footy. Um, you know, I, I really, I found that snorkeling is fast becoming a hobby for me when I have the chance, when I have the ability. Well, this, I scared myself yeah. in that part. Jumped out of the water. Now this part, this is secret footage. We have um, a video camera stuffed in our bathing suit bottom because oh. <laughs> we weren't allowed You're to take allowed? footage. But great? I'm like, hello, there's a dolphin. Of course, I want footage. Yeah. And so this little number is um, you can a little see shipwreck. Us the video. Yeah, that's, that's weird. weird. A shipwreck. A cool. shipwreck. And so we are investigating lots of different types of fish, and the mm. fish are like totally tame. Oh, there's Curtis, mm. and uh, they. They just love people, so they're always looking for food and stuff. Cool. So that was your trip last year. What uh, you went to Cuba this year and just got I back? Did. I did. go How to was Cuba, that trip? and it was glorious. The sun was. We needed it because this Canadian winter has been pretty brutal. Good weather, and you did lots. Yeah, we did lots of fun stuff. This is us. Oh, oh riding some crazy horses. Nice. Through the mountains, trekking around. That's me. A little bit afraid. <laughs> 
because the horses are are not quite the same caliber as you would find in Canada or the U.S. They are, well, kind of sickly, to be honest. Really? Um, But hardy. They're trekking down this mountain. Okay, so that went fine. So, yeah, that was fun. And then, oh, here we are on a catamaran. Catamaran, is that? It's like a little sailboat type thing. Okay. Love the 80s sunglasses, by the way. You know how I roll. I'm an old soul. Nice. Retro. So this is just Nothing to a be seen for of, miles. Yeah. Eh? We were just out in the... This is the ocean, people. We are literally in the ocean. Wow. And uh, now this part was cool um, in Cuba. So the fish, again, were wild. Look at them. They're just like swarming Curtis yeah. like no other. When my wife and I went to Bermuda... I went snorkeling, and it was kind of like that, where a swarm, a school of fish would come swimming right through yeah, you. Yeah, and that's cool. It, I, I'm not an experienced snorkeler, so I would like start hyperventilating as <laughs> no, they freaks swim you through because like, it really feels like you're just you're just uncontrollably under attack by all these fish. Look at the size of that! Oh man, we actually found one even larger than that really? that I didn't get video of, but. I was so excited. Like, I love starfish because... Are you, are you allowed to pick them up like that? Like, did you get arrested? No, you can pick them up, but you're not allowed to obviously take them out of the ocean and bring them home. That's illegal because it's a living thing. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, you wouldn't want to... But you can pick it up. It's just like the fish, right? Like, it's not like I'm awesome. breaking its legs off or anything. Very cool. So, so, yeah. Good trip? It was amazing. We had, had a great time. Can't wait to go back. Oh, there I am. I'm showing off some other to some other people. <laughs> I'm trying to switch cameras. Some other tourists are like, oh, yeah. hey, taking pictures. I'm like, oh, so I'm cool. in somebody's home footage. Video. People just say, hey, let me take oh, your picture. Oh, hey, hey, you cool. got a starfish. Sorry, I was having some weird things with the camera kind of showing through the video, but it's that's funny. super cool. So, yeah, that's my trip. Well, you can all back. live vicariously through me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yes, and now I'm back to the motherland. Viewers back in to the Cuba, snow. viewers in Dominican Republic. She's been to your homeland. Hey, I'll gladly come back. Yeah. Gladly. <laughs> Just uh, contact me. It's cold today here. <laughs> super, super cold. Oh, brutal. Nice. So that is that. Without further ado. Well, thanks for bringing some footage. Hey, thanks for humoring me <laughs> <laughs> with the, the vacation pictures, the vacation footy. So. Are you folks ready? I don't know if you can handle this. Because it's time for the battle of the 1080p HD webcams. Begin. Ready for it? Okay. We're going to put the Microsoft LifeCam Studio mm-hmm. 1080p webcam. I'll hand this to you. Certainly. Up against this one here. This is the Logitech C920. Ooh. So hmm. tonight, basically the way that we're looking at this, the, the kind of the idea behind looking at these is that there is this growing trend of web broadcasting Mm -hmm. people are canceling their cable tv they're tuning to internet-based broadcasting instead uh we're a testament to that we've been on the air you know six and a half years here and uh one of the things is like well how do you do things on the cheap when you're first getting started we started out with a webcam we did not have 1080p webcams when we started out there just wasn't a such a thing yeah it didn't exist it didn't exist so tonight we're going to try to help you as you're getting started with your broadcast by helping you make that decision we kind of know how things are going to go because we can see the uh, the quality of each webcam right here, right now. Mm-hmm. We've got our webcam matrix, which I'll show you uh, if you Pretty go to cool. the um, to the chat logs or to the show notes of episode number three thirty six. You'll see that. So, first of all, the LifeCam Studio basically got a pretty bad rap when it first came out and it's still kind of a misconception because this camera broad uh, kind of advertises itself as a ten eighty p webcam. Mm-hmm. 
but the software that comes with this webcam can only do 720p. Oh. Big mistake, Microsoft, because Strange. here's a camera that can handle 1080p, technically, but the software itself can only handle 720p, so everybody who bought it that doesn't know how to you know, replace the software mm-hmm. with something more professional uh, is not going to get the quality that they paid for. They're going to get a much lower resolution. So that's a big thing, but the fact is, is that it is, in fact, 1080p. I'm going to show you that, what we can do. We'll see bring up Wirecast on my system here and we can go into our source settings. There's my Microsoft LifeCam Studio and you see that the capture device size here is 1920 by 1080. That's a full 1080p. We know it's P progressive because there is no deinterlacing, there's no interlacing. Notice something there though that the frame rate is incredibly bad. Hmm. Do you notice that? Let's switch over here. See. There we are on the Microsoft LifeCam oh, Studio. Oh, I look stunned beyond belief. <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay, so what's the problem with the LifeCam Studio? It has a real issue, just straight out the, the gate. We'll just be straight up honest with you. It has a real issue with its automatic features. The autofocus is horrendous. <laughs> the automatic color controls, the automated uh, white balance, all that stuff, if it's enabled... Your your lag is tremendously bad. The Ooh. quality is horrible, and, and we'll show you that. The C920, on the other hand, from Logitech, mm-hmm. does, does things a little bit better as far as the, the actual quality of the automation. Hmm. Both cameras, you know, here's something that we have to decide as we're broadcasting. Both cameras can actually be mounted to a tripod. I like that. This is the LifeCam Studio. Nice thing about this is that you see that the hole, if you can see that, goes right through. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you as, you know, as you're setting up your studio? Is that it doesn't matter what the, how long the nut is. So, the bolt. This <laughs> is nuts. It, it, goes, it goes in and it will keep going out and, and you can tighten it up real good and it's good and solid. Mm-hmm. The LifeCam C920, on the other hand... It has about a quarter of an inch that you can go in and then you're dead full stop uh, Hmm. hitting another screw on the other side. So with my tripod, for example, I can screw this on fairly good, but it still has a lot of left and right play because it's not actually tight. Mm -hmm. That's no good as far as the the tripod mount goes. Now, both can be mounted on your monitor if you're just broadcasting like just Skype video or if you're just doing that kind of thing. This one is a little bit more flexible, so you can really control how that goes. You can set it up however you want. It's got up and down pan, left and right, and it's, it's pretty good that way. The Logitech, on the other hand, not quite as flexible, of course. It's a hinged mechanism as opposed to the kind of gooseneck style of the other one. And it can only go up and down. And it's only a a small angle, as you can see there. So quality of the C920. Let's take a look. This is the Logitech C920. You see that the frame rate is exceptionally good. Yes. Now, we're under studio lights. We have autofocus on on both cameras. Both cameras have the most up-to-date firmware, the most up-to-date drivers available from the manufacturer. We are not using Microsoft's uh, drivers that come with Windows Update, for example. A note is is that the C920 will not function correctly with the Windows Update drivers. You have to remove those and install 
the actual official Logitech drivers. Mm. So then you see our frame rate is exceptional. Much better. Let's do a side-by-side comparison of those two cameras. So on your left, that is the Microsoft LifeCam Studio. On the right Mm. is the Logitech C920. We're going live into the same system. We are going uh, with all the same settings, 1920 by 1080 on both cameras. We have automatic focus control enabled on both cameras so that we can demonstrate the difference. But we have color correction, uh, white balance, and all that stuff. All of the color-based stuff and exposure are set manually. Okay? So, and that's on both cameras. So if you see a difference in color, that's, that can be set manually. To demonstrate that... I'll quickly show you what it looks like. In Wirecast, if I bring up my devices, we can see the Logitech camera, and again, we have a really nice frame rate. I can move this aside, and I can hit Configure, and then we're able to actually configure things like this. Okay. So my exposure control, I can actually bring that up. I can bring that down. Nice. I can do the same with the with the other camera. You'll notice that my lips are out of sync right now, and that's only because this is kind of a preview window. But you see there is white balance and all that kind of stuff. My autofocus is the only thing that I have set to auto. Mm -hmm. My Microsoft camera, on the other hand, uh, has not quite the, the niceness of integration. So with the Microsoft camera, we can't really live on the air bring up the controls it seems to be a little bit finicky and sometimes goes uh, sometimes goes to a blue screen uh, not windows crashing but the camera itself losing oh. its hmm. it, its interaction with the computer so then you literally lose signal so side by side comparison hillary I think it is obvious. Seems pretty obvious, Which doesn't it? Which one? Look at my face. I look stunned. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, we've got an exceptional frame rate on the Logitech <laughs> camera and a really poor one on the Microsoft Life yes. Cam. Now, this is an extreme case, I'll be honest with you. Um, usually, the Life Cam gets fairly good frame rate. It does not get full frame rate like, the, like we're seeing from the Logitech. Mm-hmm. Logitech is doing very, very well tonight, yes. as you can see. Um, if I may... I'm going to simply give you something to focus on and uh, not to, you know, we're not trying to breach any copyright or anything, but look at the focus on both cameras. See if I can get it. Okay. We're waiting for the Microsoft Life Cam to still focus. Yeah. It's still focused on the wall. Um, The Logitech camera on the right, the C920, is perfectly focused and we're still not getting anything from the Microsoft camera. The wall is still in focus. And if you get autofocus to go with the Microsoft Life Cam, it tends to it tends to pulse in and out. Wow. So yeah. I'm a little bit shocked. Yeah, I didn't anticipate I didn't know what to expect. I thought, oh yeah, they're probably about the same. Yeah. But you no. would expect that two cameras, approximately the same price, they're roughly about seventy dollars each, uh, would perform about the same, especially Microsoft. You think that it's yeah, going to do pretty well. Uh, fact is, they do not. <clears throat> Interesting. The C920 is persistent with its settings, so that means if you reboot your computer, it remembers the white balance. It remembers the color really? correction that you set up and all that kind of stuff. Smart. That's good. The LifeCam does not. The LifeCam Studio, if I set everything up and reboot the computer, I have to reset it all hmm. up. That's pretty bad. No. Um, the C920 also 
uh, as I mentioned, has much, much better autofocus. It is very, very quick with the autofocus. Yeah, look at that, eh? And it does very, very well. I want to give you really extreme examples. I know that this is not flattering video, <laughs> but if I get real close see. in here, you can see that we're getting really good focus. Hillary's going to go out of focus there if all goes well. She's a little bit on the blur. <laughs> a little bit on the blur. So that you know, that's just a real life case. So if I yeah. was broadcasting, here we are with oh, the Microsoft the camera. Face again. Hillary, you got to stop doing that. Here we this are with the Microsoft camera. Okay. You know, my lips aren't even moving. Hmm. Remember that we're live. This is these are the same cameras. This is the C920 that or the same system. Everything yes, is going yes. into the same system. There Running are no at the same time. There are no variables here except for the camera. Yeah. They're both running on exactly the same type of USB 3 bus. They're both USB 2 cameras, but we have two different uh, or we have two USB 2 uh, USB 3 cards that each one uh, one each one is running off its mm -hmm. own. You may think, okay, well this is extreme. Maybe it's a dud. Maybe Robbie has a bad <laughs> Microsoft Life Cam Studio. Hmm. We bought 3 of them. <laughs> Here's one of them which we've tested with. Yes. We've got another one on, on yep. there. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we actually have two on there right now because yes, I've done I some testing them. because it's like, is it a dud? No. <laughs> it's not. It's not. This is real. This is real life. This is real time. This is real life. It's happening, people. It is happening right now. Low light scenarios. The C920 does very, very well, which is shocking huh. for a webcam. Yeah, that's interesting. Typically a webcam in low light... Uh, will reduce the frame rate mm -hmm. substantially. The Microsoft Life Cam becomes, pardon me, unusable. And it is unusable even in this scenario. <laughs> yeah. And so, so somebody says, well, why don't you use these Life Cams that you bought on the air? This is why. They are inconsistent. <laughs> they have been inconsistent. We've used them on a couple shows and we end up getting very weird anomalies. Yeah. And so we ended up pulling them from the mix altogether and just going with HDMI. Yeah. The C920 uh, under low light will be dark, obviously, yeah. but the frame rate stays as is. Hmm. So just like a normal camera, if the lights go out, you can wave and you can see the motion and <laughs> yes. there's no ghosting. There's no weirdness about it. <laughs> so like I say, both are available for roughly around $70. Both are available in our uh, online shop. Yeah. It's shopcategory 5 dot tv and i'm i'm a little uh, i'm disappointed in microsoft with this camera we've done some demonstrations on it we've taken a look and it's next to garbage what are you going to do with it well, did you want to want a webcam not if do you're it. telling me this if one's you better do, if you want to do it at 720p then maybe it'd be a lot better <laughs> maybe it just can't handle but why right why I don't know. I don't know the answer. So who wins? It seems like this is so incredibly obvious. Do you yes. need to see it again? Life Cam Studio mm. from Microsoft. Oh, my Here face. Here you go. Here's the, here's the camera that we're looking at right now. Okay. I, come on. I'm waiting for it to refresh. It's oh, like one face. frame every three seconds. Then we switch over to the C920 from Logitech. Ooh. And look, we've got really good frame rates. Come on, Microsoft. <laughs> the, your webcam's almost as bad as your OS. Oh, burn. Oh, oh, Big burn. burn. Big burn. Burn. 
Okay, so keep in mind, colors are not perfect on the Logitech camera right now, but we can adapt that. One of the other things that I noticed is this is a really wide shot. Yeah, it is, actually. We actually, you can see both sides of where the curtain ends. That's, you know, we'd have to have the camera in pretty close to us if we wanted to use one of these. But the frame rate is good, the color is good, everything is just fantastic. So it's obvious. Life Cam Studio, goodbye. Uh, C920 from Logitech. There you go. That's that's your camera. The big obvious win. So if you want to do some web broadcasting, mm-hmm. and we're talking, you want to use say Telestream Wirecast, like we do, to create an internet-based television show. This can all be done using an HD 1080p Logitech C920. It's available at cat, uh, shop.category5.tv. And uh, you want to check that out for sure. Even totally. if you're just doing Skype video, we're on it right now. It's very, very good. So good. All right. We'll set that one down. Well, I'm we'll glad see if we're... I know the answer to the question. Do we ever? Because I asked Robbie before the oh. show, I'm like, will it be obvious? Yeah. How will we I know? I said, yeah. And now I know. What it do you think? Very, very clear to me. Yeah. So there it's you a go. shocking distinct like the the distinction between the two mm-hmm. i mean i don't even have to say it do i <laughs> i am shocked <laughs> and yet quite pleased that the c920 performs well now some people have plugged in a life cam studio and it's worked really well i've used them and they and i can get them working real well yeah. i can get the frame rates up there are tricks to it you can massage the settings you can um you know turn off got to turn off autofocus you have to uh, you can increase your lighting you can do mm-hmm. a variety of things to get a good frame rate even probably 25 to 30 frames a second but when you're broadcasting live i want this to be a real demonstration so that you know totally. it's not practical you, you can sure you can get it to work for recording to disc or uh, if you want to do skype video and have reasonably good quality but fact is when you're broadcasting live you're doing a show uh, there's, you do not want to have to redo takes. You don't want to have to go back because a camera turned off or yeah, couldn't focus on I the know. product that you lifted up. You pick up a box and the life can't goes <laughs> mm, 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 and can't get in. So yeah. that's what the demonstration is here to, to serve. For those of you who have used a life cam studio and say, no, it works really well for me. This is a unique use case broadcasting. And right. as a broadcaster, it's very, very difficult to find that fine line between really good quality mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. cheap. Because we really do want it to be cheap. Of course. A lot of us are working in small studio spaces like this, uh, using consumer hardware and mm-hmm. doing it as, as well as we possibly can with hardware that is not you know, the, the million-dollar studio broadcast mm-hmm. hardware. So we have to find that happy medium and i think the c920 is an excellent entry level if you're thinking you might do two three four of these things keep in mind usb okay Mm -hmm. very cpu intensive uh which is you know one of the reasons we had to scale back a few things tonight because it is very cpu intensive you see that as i switch over to the uh, wirecast that we're running pretty high cpu tonight Mm -hmm. much higher than normal because we've got these cameras plugged in so if you have two of them plugged in you're going to run up a lot of CPU usage. You're going to need separate USB buses. And if you have three of them plugged in, four of them plugged in, you're probably not going to be able to handle it on a standard system. It's going to put your CPU at 100% usage. That's one of the big disadvantages to USB. Hmm. So keep that in mind. HDMI is always going to be much, much lower um, CPU usage. So 
Now, but a, a good a good compromise, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking. Um, we actually have a question about this from Kyoshi yeah. Ninja. How do the cameras hey. work with Linux? Uh, both of them should work just fine with Linux. Um, now, the admittedly, the Life Cam, uh, I, I have plugged into Linux and it works just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've seen it on the show. The uh, the Logitech cameras. The C920, uh, we just got in for this demonstration. Right. I have not had a chance to plug them into Linux. I, I pretty much guarantee Assuming, you it's, it's going to yeah, work just fine. fine. Um, but I haven't tried it. So, because, And again, use case is very unique. We're doing it for broadcasting. Do you really need a 1080p webcam for anything but broadcasting? Really? <laughs> really? You might as well save yourself some money if you're not doing broadcasting and get something that is much less like a 720p camera at the very most do you know what i mean like do you know what i'm saying so if you're going to plug it into linux what are you doing with it are you recording to disk then that's yeah. fine but, um, but our use case is broadcasting that's why it's 1080p that's why we want to get really really good quality right, of course cool wow there you have it so that takes us to the moment we've been waiting for We've been collecting your ballots over the past several weeks. And, of course, if you go to cat5.tv slash Wirecast, I want you to check out this software. This is the software that we use here at Category 5 Technology TV. It is fantastic. It's a camera switcher. It is uh, just the most amazing way to turn your computer into a broadcasting tool. We're giving away a free copy of Telestream Wirecast 5 Pro Edition tonight. Nice. It is worth a thousand bucks. This is a good prize, Robbie. This is a really great prize. And I want you to win it. So good luck, everybody who has casted their ballot. Here we go. Here we go. Telestream Wirecast 5 Professional Edition. You can get it at cat5.tv slash wirecast. Download the free trial. Uh, ballots, as I say, have been collected. These names are all from the ballots that have been uh, received here at the studio. Uh, this will get you up and running uh, on uh, Windows, Mac, and give you a full broadcast suite. I, mean, I think that uh, it's perfect for churches. Totally. To you. stream their uh, sermons and stuff. And well, imagine a, a live service for those who can't make it in to the Sunday morning church service. And being able to broadcast it live. Okay, so think about schools. I mean, what could schools use this software for? Telestream Wirecast. I mean, broadcasting classrooms. And graduations. Graduations are the That'd worst. Be because the gyms fill up and you need to shove people in the library and grandma and grandpa yeah. want to see it. Wedding yeah, photographers. Yeah. Totally. Here we go, folks. Names are flying by. Good luck, everyone. This is for Telestream Wirecast 5. The winner is... Congratulations! You are the proud owner of Telestream Wirecast 5 Pro Edition. Again, that prize valued at $1,000. What else can Telestream Wirecast be used for? Sport complexes. If you work at a sport complex, you, you know, the games come. Being able to broadcast those with live scoreboarding. Yes. Cat5.tv slash Wirecast. Get yourself the free trial. Check it out. Fall in love with it. 
and then go buy yourself a copy. Uh, webcasters such as ourselves, of course, can use totally. this for seamless uh, professional style broadcasting without having to go out and buy you know much much more expensive hardware based appliances yes. and things like that. Um, and also the the key thing about Wirecast is that it supports multiple CDNs. So what that means is we can stream to YouTube live. Mm-hmm. We can stream to Ustream live. Yes. We can stream to Justin.tv live. And cool. all of these different services, there are a ton of them simultaneously. That is cool. Okay. What else does it mean? You can record to disk at the same time, which mm-hmm. we're doing. Yeah. That's where your RSS files come from. Mm-hmm. And when you watch the video on demand after the show, it comes to you from a, a live recording of Wirecast. So cat5.tv slash Wirecast. Please check them out. And uh, congratulations again to Tachos. All you have to do, Tachos, is email me back. You, you received an email yesterday evening. Uh, just reply back and uh, we're going to hook you up with some information and, and cool. get in touch with you. So congratulations. That is awesome. We look forward to watching your show in the near future. Indeed. <laughs> well, it's that time for the news. All right. Take it away. Here are the top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. Nokia has unveiled its first family of Android phones at the Mobile World Conference in Barcelona. The X, X Plus, and XL will range in price from €89 to €109. Nokia's most recent suite of smartphones had used the Microsoft uh, or the Windows operating system. The announcement had been widely expected despite Microsoft detailing plans to buy Nokia's mobile division at the end of 2013. Analysts have called the announcement a perplexing strategic move. Hmm. Hmm. There you go. Mobile messaging service WhatsApp, which is being bought by Facebook for $19 billion, Ah. will add a voice calling function within months. The app already offers voice notes, small audio clips, but the update means it would act more like Skype. WhatsApp said it wanted the app to be on every phone in the world. The announcement was one of several made at the uh, Mobile World Congress yesterday in Barcelona. The chief executive of Bitcoin Exchange, Mt. Gox, Mark Carpellis, has quit the board of the Bitcoin Foundation, which oversees and develops Bitcoin software. It comes shortly after Mt. Gox halted uh, transfers of the digital currency to external addresses after it spotted what it called unusual activity. (sighs) The halt resulted in a sharp decline in the value of Bitcoins. So last week, Mt. Gox, one of the largest... Largest Bitcoin exchanges said customers should be able to withdraw funds very soon. Meanwhile, all tweets on Mt. Gox's Twitter account have been deleted. The Bitcoin Foundation said that Mr. Carpellis's resignation would be effective immediately. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, we're seeing some really kind of crazy things going on with Bitcoin, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And it just kind of makes me wonder. You know, What's going on? Yeah. Do people lose faith in something? That's why it plummets, I guess. Mm. Pressing on. She makes her own sound effects. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A Canadian court has ordered an internet provider to hand over details on two thousands of its customers accused of illegally downloading films. Judge Kevin Alto ruled that Ontario-based tech savvy must identify customers who downloaded films made by U.S.-based Voltage Pictures to the studio. Voltage Pictures, which made the Oscar-winning film The Hurt Locker, as well as the recent Dallas Buyers Club, must also pay for costs incurred by tech savvy over the order. 
A lawyer for Voltage Pictures told the Globe and Mail that movie producers should be entitled to legal redress for copyright infringement. We're not going to seek their firstborns, James Zabara said, but there has to be some recourse of rights owners. Canada's Copyright Act caps fines for non-commercial infringement at 5000 Canadian dollars. Wow. Yeah. What do you guys think of that, eh? Like, could you imagine the ISP that you trust with your mm-hmm. information being forced by the, um, by the courts to by reveal the your information because... You know, you might have downloaded a show or a movie or whatever. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Last, our last story of the day. Last one. SanDisk announced yesterday at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona their new 128-gigabyte micro SD memory card. Wow. Smaller than the size of a fingernail, the new SanDisk Ultra Micro SDS XC card allows you to use your phone or tablet as if storage limitations were never a concern. Store 16 hours of HD uh, video along with 7,500 songs, 3,200 photos, and more than 125 apps all on a single micro SD card. When the micro SD card format was first launched in 2004, it just had 128 megabytes of capacity. SanDisk has increased storage capacity of micro SD cards 1,000 times over in less than a decade. To enable 128 gigabytes of storage on a removable micro SD card, SanDisk has developed a proprietary technique that allows for 16 memory die to be vertically stacked, each shave to be thinner than a strand of hair. <laughs> that boggles my mind. The 128-gigabyte SanDisk Ultra Micro SDXC card is available exclusively at BestBuy.com and Amazon.com and will cost around $200. So, so it's pretty pricey. I wonder, I wonder if it gets hot. I'm thinking about 16 die. Like, does it get pretty warm? But 128 gigs. That's To put that's that into big. perspective for those old-school folks like <laughs> myself. You remember when we used to have boxes of 3.5-inch floppy disks? Yes. You remember I that? I do. I do remember. And, and I had a box that was like this, and there might have been 50 mm-hmm. in there. And yet it was a massive, heavy box. Yes. If you had a stack of 100 discs, it was big. Totally. Okay? And to put this into perspective, that little tiny chip, the size of your thumbnail, like look at that, okay? Look at your thumbnail <laughs> right now. And think that is 91,000 floppy disks. And I'm talking the highest capacity. Uh, the general uh, 1.44 yeah. megabyte floppies. Ninety one thousand of those <laughs> in this little thing. It hurts your brain thinking about it. I guess where it becomes, you know, where's the line where people know better than to store data on these things? That's where things can get a little bit freaky. Kiwi Tucks in the chat room saying, "Well, they're just as unreliable." as a floppy and that's true and i think people sometimes forget that a flash drive is not a permanent storage it's transient and it's so when you get to the point where it's 128 gigs what do you back it up to i know that freaks me out it's so big that what do i now copy the files onto to make sure that i have a redundant copy because when it fails and they do fail they will fail yeah they do all the time uh where where's your data you can't take it to data recovery because it's a thing <laughs> this big. thinner than a piece of hair. What's data recovery going to do for you? Smash it with a hammer. That's all they're going to do. Whatever. <laughs> Clip. 
break it. Oh, man. So you know what I mean? Like, so where where is that line? Make sure if you're getting into the 32, 64, 128 gig micro SD cards, and SD cards have had 128 gig for a while. Um, fact is, you got to have a backup of those because they are unreliable. Make sure you're not storing stuff on it. That's, that's I think, the dangerous thing that we're approaching yeah. because we have this memory that is unreliable and yet holds a lot so people put all of their family photos on them of course people put so how many space. how many movies can you put on it hd videos was what did they say to me hours, 16 right? hours 16 a full hours. hd video so think about your you plug that ca- card into your digital camcorder or video camera and you're recording to it and you got 16 hours worth of family films on that that could be that could represent two years of film your kids growing up and then it fails. So we should talk about the cloud and all those sorts of should things we? someday yeah. because I've had terrible luck in my life yeah. with computers and things getting stolen and broken. Yeah. Maybe everyone else can learn. When too. you think about the cloud, are you thinking having a redundant copy somewhere else in the cloud? Is that what you're I don't even know. Like I just mean, like I don't even know the differences between like the cloud and and like. The other, I sure. don't even know. Well, let's get let's get one thing kind of out of. Uh, we we don't have to, the cloud is just vernacular, right? Right. It's internet servers, right? So yes. when when we say cloud, it's really just servers that are storing your stuff on the internet. So and then we're trusting that those servers are secure, that they're backing up our data, that they have some form of redundancy. Amazon who has S3 and cloud-based services has like a 99.999997% uptime and and data um, integrity guarantee. And, And if they lose your file, then too bad, so sad. So even Amazon, who provides this great service Mm -hmm. in the fine print says, we're going to lose your files. And if we do, because it's a lot of data that we store, then you need to re-upload it. Re-uploading means that you have another copy somewhere else. I just don't know where to put my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, I know. We've I just got don't digital know. Cameras. What's the foolproof thing here? The I foolproof don't know. thing is always have multiple copies of everything that is important to you, that's dear to you. It's as simple as that. If you have uh, an external hard drive... Mm-hmm. And your laptop runs out of hard drive space, and so you're constantly moving all your family photos, all your movies, onto that external hard drive. What happens when the dog trips over the cable and knocks it off the desk? See, that's the thing. Right? It is not a backup. There's no copy of those files. Mm -hmm. So the trick is, is that you've got this external drive, and sometimes what we'll do, if we want to use consumer hardware, which is never a good idea when you're dealing with huge amounts of data, you want something more robust. But if you're using consumer drives, the trick is to rotate. Have two of them. Okay. And always have exact duplicates on both of those drives. So when you do a backup, you're doing it twice. You're doing it to two different drives. Or perhaps you're plugging them in both at the same time and backing up. And then unplugging. Don't leave them plugged in because you get hit by lightning. Guess what? What's well, the thing? There or it goes then, again. But then what happens when like your house gets broken into? Exactly. Or it floods or... Your house goes up in flames. So the second one, which has an exact copy, you know, from last Friday of all your files, you take that and you put it at mom and dad's house. What if their house gets It's a me? copy of your copy. What are the chances? I don't know. The, I'm the just, fact I is, have bad luck, okay? <laughs> right, right. But what, what are the chances that mom and dad are going to have a catastrophe as well as 
me well, at my house. I hope very slim. Exactly. <laughs> so you're reducing the chances, right? It's all about reducing the chances. There is no foolproof plan. There's no way to ensure that you're never going to lose data. So it's I should do possible. two physical hard drives versus the cloud? Well, the cloud is a to- totally different thing. That's servers out there. But like, how do you know you which back one? Up to. Maybe this is for another day, but it's yeah. something to consider because Could be a feature. It's been in the back of my mind for a while, given my misfortune mm-hmm. on occasion. So think of so instead of thinking the cloud, think like Kiwi Tux is saying, offsite backup service. Because you cloud infrastructure say is for a business who has tablets and they want to be able to access their stuff from anywhere. Your infrastructure is I need to make sure if someone breaks in and steals my laptop that I don't lose all my files. Mm-hmm. What if I have my backup sitting next to the laptop? They're gonna take both. Right, so I've lost my laptop and the backup. Right, mm-hmm. so we don't need the cloud; we need offsite backup, which is cloud-based. But so now my backup goes out to a server that's sitting in a protected, secure location. Um, here in Canada, we have very strict privacy laws, and so for us Canadians mm-hmm. and a lot of Americans as well, and and people from around the world will choose to use a Canadian service because our privacy laws are are more strict. Hmm. They're not perfect, as we found tonight with our news story about, you know, an ISP being forced yes, to reveal information. Yes. But chances are pretty good that you're you're safer hosting your stuff mm-hmm. in Canada. So um, you have your stuff uploaded to a backup service that protects your data and protects the integrity of your data. Hmm. And what that means is if you get hit by a virus that corrupts your data and then your computer backs up again, it doesn't overwrite the files right. with the corrupted ones. Instead, it intelligently moves yesterday's backup into the past, untouchable, backs up today's data. So today's data is corrupt at that point, but yesterday's data is still okay. Hmm. Yeah. It's all about redundancy. If you can think about your, you know, family photos, if you can think that, okay, if the place that they're stored right now were to be destroyed, where are they? That's what you have to ask yourself. If it's a fire, right, that takes out your house. Your backup is going to do you no good if it's sitting next to the computer or in the computer drawer. I know. And that freaks me out. Yeah. Because you think nothing can happen to you, and then it does. You never wish it. No. But it's about, I think it's largely about just knowing not what to do, but not, not what services to utilize, but just know, have the knowledge that you have to have two or three copies of everything. And one of them should always be separate from your other copies. Hmm. Safety deposit box is a good good option, but it costs money. Yeah, that's so, true. So that's why I say mom and dad's house. It works. Valid. Yeah. Good uh, point. Get a pogo made. plug. Pogoplug.com. That's true. And with that, you can plug your external hard drive into the mm-hmm. internet connection at mom and dad's house. Back up to it from your computer. Yeah, that is a cool feature. Yeah. So. Things to think about people. Things I need to think about myself. Things to think about. As we're thinking about um, security... And, and uh, you know, just protecting our data, one of the things yes. that comes up is passwords. So if we're going to get into using cloud-based services, how do we make sure that somebody doesn't gain access to our files? What, what about uh, all the people who were on Dropbox and were backing up to Dropbox and somebody hacked it and got all their passwords and went in and deleted all their files? Ooh. It can happen because it has happened. So how do we protect ourselves? It's by having a really, really strong password. But what's the problem with that? Can't remember. Can't remember. How can I? Okay, so if your password has got to be 
A X capital P explanation mark seven five two one A and and all this crazy stuff. Well, how are you ever going to remember that? You're not. It's true. It's impossible. Realistically, you might memorize one of those, but then what do you do? When you have to change it. (laughs) Well, no, but you may memorize it, but then what happens is okay. I've got my strong password. I'm going to use that on my online banking. Oh yeah, use it. I'm going to use that when I buy something from Amazon. I'm going to use that when I sign up at Category5.tv, which is okay because we encrypt and hash all of our passwords, just so you know. But you're using <laughs> this all over the place. So somebody hacks Adobe. Good example. Yeah. I okay. remember that. Somebody nugget. hacks Adobe. Well, it's happened twice just in the past six months. So somebody hacks Adobe and you used that same password that is on your Gmail account and your online banking. And they have your password. So that's the problem with those great, big, long, strong passwords because you can't memorize them. And if you do, you're going to use it over and over and yeah, over again. And now you, you have yeah. compromised the security that was originally there. Because as soon as one of those third-party services get hacked, and it's going to happen because it happens, you're, you're compromised. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, well, fortunately, I use a different password for my online banking. Somebody broke into my computer and they got my password for my Gmail. But fortunately, I use a different password for my online banking. I said, change it. I said, get into Gmail and change it. Get into, and if you can't change it, if they've already locked you out, get into your online banking and remove that Gmail address from your account. Because what's going to happen? Who cares if you've got a different password? They're going to go there and they're going to click forgot password. They've got access to your email. Guess what? They now have an email that says, click here to change your password. To online banking. Well, now you're locked out of your online banking. They have access to your accounts. They never needed your password. Oh, it's freaky. So what's the what's the uh, solution here? What right. if I could tell you that you could have this big old long, massive, ridiculous password, and it's really, really easy to remember? I'd say prove it. What if I also <laughs> said it would be impossible for Hillary the hacker to guess it? It would be impossible for somebody to get it. It would be ridiculously difficult, almost to the point of impossible, Mm. for a computer or a computer farm, a botnet, to be able to guess your password. I'd say, show me the way, Robbie. Show me the way. It's called password recipes. This is how we do it, to quote the 80s. (laughs) All right. What I'm going to do, I'm going to bring up... Okay, how safe? Is my password. How secure is my password.net? Never, I'm going to tell you, never put your real password into an online service such as this because you just don't know. But we, we know that this is a, a good service, so we're going to use it. Instead of putting in your real password, put in your password recipe, your, your concept of a password. Oh, I so see. if my password recipe is uppercase, lowercase, alphanumeric, explanation point. So now, okay, let's say I have capital A, lowercase j, the number 5, an explanation mark, the number 8, an asterisk, and a Q, lowercase. That, to me, seems like a strong password based on everything that I've been taught. Yeah. You probably think it is. It's really, really hard to memorize that. A, J, 5, explanation point, 8, star Q. You need like a mnemonic and then you'll forget it. Oh, my goodness. So now we say, okay, well, what do the the computers think? Here's my A, J, 5, explanation point, 8, star Q. That would take about an hour for a single 
desktop computer to crack that password. Oh, brother. This is what we thought was a secure password. I w- now I'm going to have to go home and be like, <laughs> rethink everything. I just guessed her password. See, because that's my password recipe is this alphanumeric explanation point and uppercase letter. Mm-hmm. That's my recipe. So instead, let's change our recipe. Let's say, okay, Hillary, what's your favorite food? Pizza. Okay. Favorite. So you, you remember that. Favorite food. Pizza, right? Sure. Uh, what's the name of your dog? Shandy. Um, what is uh, your, the first, when I say uncle, what's the first name that comes to mind? Bruce. Bruce. Hi, Uncle Bruce, if you're watching. And then just for good measure, we're going to put an explanation mark. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, let's say, what's one other thing that we can maybe uh, look at that computer there, the laptop in front of you, and it says MSI. So let's just, okay, computer. Because when I look at the computer, it says MSI. I see That's that. what it says right in front of me. I see it. So your password recipe, so your your password, pizza, what was your dog's name? Shandy. Shandy, Bruce, explanation mark, MSI. That is a crazy long password. How would I ever remember that? I don't know. Because of my recipe. That's easy to remember. Favorite food, dog, Bruce, computer. Favorite food, dog, Bruce, computer. What is it? What's your password? Pizza, Shandy, Bruce, exclamation mark, MSI. First try. It's a mnemonic. First try. Get it? Mm. It's a password recipe. Let's go back to our tool here on the web, and let's put this in. Okay. Favorite food is pizza. We're going to go all caps on the first letter. Pizza. How do you spell your dog's name? Handy with an S at the beginning. S-H-A-N-D-Y. Uh, Bruce. Oh, and that should have been uncle, not Bruce. Your recipe is uncle. Oh, uncle, not right. Bruce. Okay. Uh, explanation mark. Computer is MSI. Wow. That password would take an individual desktop computer 26 quadrillion, quintillion, quintillion years. Quintillion. Never heard That's that That's a lot of years, folks. Quintillion. That's how long it would take a single computer. So your recipe, sorry, I wrote down Bruce because we were talking. It should have been, okay, so your recipe is favorite food, dog, uncle, computer. That's what I meant. Hmm. Okay? So that that obviously is not going to be your recipe because we've revealed that to the world as a recipe that you could use. So what is your recipe? I've never thought about it in terms of this before, Robbie. Right. This is so interesting. But you got it. Immediately Hmm. when I gave you your recipe, you knew your password. And yet it's this crazy long password that you would never be able to memorize. Right. Or it would be very, very difficult to memorize. So you, you have a new recipe for each service that you're using. So my online banking will have a different recipe than Twitter. And it's really, really easy to remember recipes. Mm. And in fact, this it's so reasonably safe to write down a recipe. Right. Because it's not safe to write down a password. That's wise because nobody's going to... If you guess my dog, you're probably not going to guess my favorite food. And if you knew my family, how would you know which uncle? Or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's the idea. So that's password recipes. Um, start using them. And it's really going to improve your security. Get over to howsecureismypassword.net to test your recipe. And if you're currently mm. using one of those alphanumeric explanation points, star 
asterisk, uppercase, lowercase, you might want to punch in an example of your type of password and see just what it turns up. I just don't get how the, how do they know? How do the hackers know? Even basic things. That's what hurts my brain. I don't get how they do it. This is telling us for a computer to work out your password. It's based on entropy. So how difficult is it for a computer program to work through the alphabet and figure out what your password is? That's what it is. So it's not that they have guessed your password. They have gone through all the possible iterations of the English mm. language or um, alphanumerics and everything and, and then created a password that passes as your password, if that makes sense. What's like... Like, remember in high school math and stuff when you had to do, like, something to the power of something? Mm -hmm. That's, like, how many combos there are. Sure. Oh, yeah, it's huge. It freaks me that's out. That's why something like this is so much more secure because it's, it's super long. And it has so many different letters and variables. characters. Too many variables. Too many variables for a computer to guess. Too many variables for a human to guess. And certainly your, your iguana is not going to guess it. So. Might. But it'll take 26 quintillion years to do it. There you go. So f figure out your password recipe. Create one. Give it, give it a try. See how easy it is for you to memorize your password. Hillary, favorite food, dog, uncle, computer? <sighs> Pizza, shandy, exclamation mark. Uh, no, sorry, uncle, uncle was part of your recipe. Bruce, exclamation mark, MSI. I did it. There you go. <laughs> I didn't even have to tell her about the explanation mark. Did you see that I did that on purpose? Okay. It's a part of her recipe in her head. She sees that explanation mark when, she, when she's going through her recipe. You don't even have to think about it, write it down. It's, it's there. It's just in my it's brain. It's a part of it. You well, did that not is rehearse cool. this. No, this is just sprung on me. I couldn't remember my uncle's name. <laughs> just kidding. Well, that was cool. That was good. There you go. This makes me rethink my entire life. Figured it out. Now we know how to be safe. Okay. This week, something happened here at Category 5 TV. What? Which I'm excited to tell you about. It was so bad. Um, <laughs> more than four years ago, we built a storage server. As we were talking a little bit about, you know, where do I put my yeah, files? Yeah. We built an Unraid server. Mm -hmm. It's a really great server. It's treated us very, very well. That was four, almost four and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. Episode 103 is when I built that. 103. And we've been using it 24-7 here at the show. It stores all of our videos, every, and there's a lot of videos here at Category 5, so you know that it's something else. Um, but finally, gave up the ghost, started rebooting itself and mm -hmm. having trouble. And the reason was uh, some blown capacitors. And here's our motherboard in the server. You see Ooh. that that capacitor has completely erupted. Capacitor number two on the CPU is also bubbling over. And three is a little bit, um, uh, is kind of bubbled up as well. So the capacitors Ooh. were bad. Fortunately, uh, a friend of mine, now there's the, the server. That's mm -hmm. what it looks like. And there's the motherboard there that was in it. Um, that's the one that's bad. And so we actually, uh, a friend of mine, Brett, had uh, provided this gigabyte motherboard along with the memory and the CPU just to get us back up and running really, really fast. So this weekend I was able to put that in, get us back up and running, and there it is. It booted right up. Unraid Beauty. proved itself um, as uh, flawless, flawless 
recovery nice. mechanism. It was good. like new motherboard, new CPU, new RAM, everything. The hard drive data integrity was good. We didn't lose any files. Parity remained valid. Woo. It booted right up, and everything was fantastic. So very, very, very wow. happy about that. Um, so if you're ever wondering about, you know, is Unraid a good sur- uh, system, we built that four and a half years ago. We'd say yes. It was not Unraid's <laughs> fault that we got a burnout capacitor. That's That just happens, and uh, and it was very, very easy to recover. Nice. Oh, I'm happy for you because that would have been I know. a nightmare. Phew. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, boy. I can't believe that we are out of out of time. Know, we've just been motoring, like, lots of interesting stuff tonight. I think Bobby. so. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Nice Good to have show. you here. Always nice oh, to have you. Oh, thank you for having me. I loved Good it. Good to see you. Love the town. <laughs> Love the town. Oh, thank you. Don't be jealous, world. But I'll visit anyone anywhere, FYI. Send me a ticket. I'm there. Put her up. Yep, there you go. <laughs> uh, next week, Sasha Dermatis is going to be on the show. Um, you don't want to miss next week. And congratulations again to our winner tonight of Telestream Wirecast, Hillary. Ooh. Been fun. Been a slice. Nice to see you. Yeah. Great seeing you. See you guys later. over to the C920 at some point. There Ooh. you go. Goodbye, everyone. Night, everybody. Have a great week. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.